It is uh, five o'clock in a windy and stormy Salford City. How are you this Thursday, August the 5th, 2021? It's myself, the BBG, with you till around about seven o'clock this evening. Welcome to Thursday's programme. Thanks for being with me. It's the BBG, not the BBC. You're listening to the Richie Allen Radio Show, live from Salford in Greater Manchester. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Well, I've got a very special guest lined up for you today. He'll be with me in a he, it is a he, will be with me in about 30 minutes' time. You don't want to miss him. It's all very mysterious. It isn't really. I'll tell you, just before we introduce him, who he is. Thanks for joining me, as I said already. The way to contact me during the programme is through my website, richieallen.co.uk, as I'm not on social media these days. So drop me a line if it's your thing, okay? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Lots and lots of different messages and emails today from people because things are warming up. Maybe that's a cliche too. I don't know. Seems to be hotting up. Anywho, did you see Bill Gates today? I won't dwell on this because it is important, but there isn't very much I can say. Gates has spoken about the times that he was pictured with and in the company of Jeffrey Epstein, who died very mysteriously, didn't he, in 2019, hanged himself, yeah right, in a Manhattan holding facility. What did Gates say? Well, he told CNN that he had several dinners about a, about a philanthropy project, a philanthropic project that never came to fruit or never came to fruition. But he says, I shouldn't have been with Epstein and I shouldn't have given him any credibility. Now, no credible broadcaster would make any allegations against anybody without having the relevant proof. I wouldn't dream of making any allegations about Gates and Jeffrey Epstein. But of course, I love to be able to put questions to Gates about when he met Epstein, what did he know about Epstein, what was he hearing on the grapevine about Epstein, how many times, etc, etc. But yeah, it is getting a bit of traction. Today is that story. You can't speculate. What do we think Epstein was doing? Well, amongst other things, we do believe that Epstein was gathering blackmail material against high-profile people around the world. Again, that is not to suggest that he did that to Bill Gates at all. But I'd love to speak to Gates and others about Epstein. We'll leave Epstein there for the moment, anyhow. Yeah. I know the... Is she still the Duchess of York? Fer- Fergie, is that her name, Sarah Ferguson? I-, I noted last week, she's still defending this guy, Andrew. And, well, again, we-, we know too much about this now for you to be listening to me talking about it, so I will leave it alone. They are going all out or all in. That's a poker expression. Poker parlance. 
poker parlance. They're going all in on anti-vaxxers or so-called anti-vaxxers. Have you noticed that? Well, of course you have. You're not stupid. Story after story has emerged, has appeared in the media about how dangerous anti-vaxxers are and how they need to be stopped. Have a listen to Sky News' Sarah Jane Mee. This has been running all day today, this particular story. Sarah Jane Mee. In other news, the family of a bodybuilder have been telling Sky News he died of COVID-19 because he didn't believe he needed a vaccine to protect him. 42-year-old John Ayers from Southport in Wales was a keen mountaineer as well as a cyclist and a runner before he contracted the virus. Well, John ended up in intensive care and told his doctor he wished he'd been vaccinated shortly before he was put on a ventilator. He couldn't be saved and sadly. Well, now his heartbroken twin sister, Jenny, is urging people to get the jab. So this weightlifter, this bodybuilder who was very fit, very early 40s, told his doctor before later being placed on a ventilator that he regretted not having a jab. And now Sky hears from his twin sister. She's speaking with a Sky reporter called Ashish Joshi. Listen to what she says. He felt that if he got COVID... He would be okay. He felt that he was young. Well, he's 42. I don't think that's young, but he felt that he was young, fit, healthy, very active, really into his health and nutrition. He felt that he would be okay. And I think he didn't know anyone who'd had COVID. Whereas myself, I don't really know anyone who hasn't had COVID. Mm. I don't know anyone who's had COVID. That's the truth, by the way. I don't, and I know lots of people. Her brother didn't. She knows nobody. She doesn't know anybody who hasn't had it. Yeah, I have a friend who's got long COVID. So it's discussions that we'd had around that. And then I think secondly, he had also brought slightly into this age of disinformation that we're living in. Some conspiracy theories about safety of the vaccine, what's in the vaccine, etc. And I had tried to dissuade him from that. And I think we need to be really clear about this, that it shouldn't be the people that are believing this disinformation that people should be angry about. We shouldn't be divided about this. It should be these small group of people who are spreading disinformation and making lies fact. Mm, Making lies fact. Well, you could choke on the irony there, couldn't you? Making lies fact. Wow. Anyway, Sky reporter Ashish Joshi has a question for the twin. Do you hold the people who spread misinformation about the vaccine responsible for your brother's death? What do you think? I do. I do. And again, I don't think vaccination, I don't think vaccination should be mandatory. We don't live in an authoritarian country. Well, we do, though. It should be personal choice, but people should having make informed decisions based on based on medical science and fact. Yeah. Based on fact, she says, what facts are being furnished? Do you like that word furnished? I like it. Furnished. What facts have been furnished to those who consented to having the jab? What facts have been furnished to the folks as they are being brought into the room where the jab will be administered? Right? What facts? Are they telling them, listen, this jab won't stop you getting the virus? Are they telling them this jab won't necessarily stop you passing it on? Are they? 
Apparently they're not. You couldn't argue with her brother saying no, by the way. 42-year-old guy, totally fit, active athlete. Why would, why would he have it? Funny how he was well enough to tell the doctor that he should have had the jab and then ended up on a ventilator. A healthy young man, weightlifter Jim Bunny, on a ventilator. I say this with no malice. I really don't. She should ask to see his notes. What drugs did they give him when he was under? Because when they put you on a ventilator, you're under. Most of the time. I would be asking, what did you give my brother? Why did he need to be on a ventilator? If he's healthy and he didn't have any underlying issues like asthma or bronchitis or pleurisy or pneumonia or anything. These are questions you should be asking. Not bitching about the independent media and so-called anti-vaxxers. There are a thousand good reasons not to have these jabs. A thousand. Well, maybe I couldn't come up with a thousand. I could come up with quite a few. I can't think of a single reason to have it. And I'm a moderate, reasonable, right-thinking, right-minded, sound-minded guy who thinks for himself. But you're going to see so much more of this now as they come back from their summer recess. When they come back from summer recess, you will find that the politicians in this country will be preoccupied with something called the Online Harms Bill. How people acting online, actors online, spreading disinformation, how those people are causing real harm and death. Now, this is nonsense, right? But that's what they're going to say. And this is the preamble. This is the hors d'oeuvre, right? Before that. This is the big thing of 2021, apart from the lockdowns and, and, and the dangerous jabs and all of that. Online harms bill. They're going to go for the independent media now. Certain sections of it anyway. Interesting stuff. Of course, I have sympathy for the girl who lost her twin. But I'd be asking questions if I were her, but that's just me. Ten minutes past the hour. Now, the fallout over the decision to jab 16 and 17-year-olds continues. Julia Hartley Brewer of Talk Radio had Dr. Rose, excuse me, Dr. Ross Jones on. Now, Ross Jones is a retired paediatrician, and I think she's an all-round good egg. Not because she agrees with me or I agree with her. I think she's an all-round good egg. She's been on television for years. Here she is, Ross Jones first. Again, they're talking about the decision to jab 16 and 17-year-old children, Ross Jones. In the 19th of July, they were very clear that they could only recommend a vaccine for a group of people, in this case children, where the risk of, of the you know, balance of the risk was favourable to being vaccinated. And in children, they had concluded that the risks of rare but serious side effects was greater than the negligible risk from COVID. And that's why they said that it wasn't necessary. But they did say that it had to be relevant to children. So why are they now talking about modelling for the community as a whole? Because it is completely unethical. It's against international law to vaccinate children to protect adults. Well, exactly. It is just against... against, against yeah, it's good. Julia jumps in, but Julia should have doubled down because it's a very good point made by Ross Jones. It's against international law to vaccinate children to protect adults. Well, exactly. Absolutely. It is against the law. You can't tell children, here's a jab, you need to have it. Why? Well, because it'll help other people. You can't do that. You shouldn't do it. It's unethical and it's illegal. 
but yet they're doing it. It is just against, against, against I just think, how any moral society should order yeah. itself. I said a few minutes ago, children are very low risk of getting COVID. Look, they're getting COVID. We, we know they're getting COVID because the Office for National Statistics says that almost 80% of under 24-year-olds uh, have, have actually tested, well, 60 to 24-year-olds have tested positive for antibodies. 80% of 16 to 24-year-olds have tested positive for antibodies. I've heard a figure today, I think I heard it on BBC News, doesn't mean it's true, obviously, but the figure was that 90% of the adult population has tested positive for antibodies, excuse me. Antibodies have been discovered in 90% of those adults who were checked, meaning that a long time ago this country passed herd immunity, whatever COVID is or was, they went past it a long time ago. The variants always scale down, variants become less problematic. So this is now monumental bollocks, all of this. There's no doubt about it. Well, I don't have to tell you, do I? Which means they've actually got, the vast majority of this group have got uh, protection already. Yes. The vast majority of people, if COVID is what they said it is, or was, well, yes, they do. They do. Listen to what the host, Julia Hartley Brewer, says next. The host now, not the expert. It does seem that the government is going to move ahead with this. Um... Uh, are you concerned? Because my, my worry is yes. that, that, that I can say, well, oh, well, my child, when it goes to 14-year-olds, which inevitably I think it will, I don't, yeah. okay, my child won't get vaccinated. But, but lots of parents will get their children vaccinated because for all the reasons you stated. And my yeah. worry is we are genuinely going to see a perfectly healthy child taking a vaccine that is basically there to protect a 70-year-old rather than them. Um, and, and they are going to have a severe reaction and they are possibly going to die. And, and people are going to have blood on their hands because we don't need to do this. Yes, people will have blood on their hands. And maybe, Julia Hartley Brewer can change maybe to definitely. Children will definitely die. And she can change to protect 70-year-olds. She can change to protect 85 or 90-year-olds because 70-year-olds are extremely unlikely to become seriously ill from COVID either. And I'm taking those statistics from the government's website. 70-year-olds are at not much greater risk to it than me, the 46-year-old. Anyway, blood on their hands. What do you think, paediatrician Ross Jones? I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's interesting that they've chosen to only give one dose at the moment. They're making it up as they go along because the, there's no trial data about whether you could just give one dose and stick yeah. with one dose. But you're right. The myocarditis risk is significantly higher after the second dose. It can happen after the first, but it's relatively rare. After the second dose, for 16 to 25-year-olds from the American CDC study, it's one in 15,000. This is astonishing. She's right. According to the American government, the CDC, okay, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, they say that if you jab 16 to 24-year-olds twice, they then will immediately have a one in 15,000 chance of developing myocarditis. Therefore... There is no excuse whatsoever to jab a 16 to 24 year old or anyone else twice with that thing because there is a far, 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 far lower risk of them developing complications from COVID, whatever COVID is. This is the truth now, this. This isn't, I, I'm not choosing these clips because it suits my argument. This is the fact. I looked at these figures myself. And this is why yesterday that absolute cretin Wei Shen Lim, this uh, dipstick from 
from the JCVI, the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation. I'll say it again, the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation. This committee that advises the government on who gets jabbed and when. This is why this guy said we only want to give them one of the jabs. For now. See what happens. Playing Russian roulette with the lives of children. Wow, like, I mean, just say wow. And that's from a voluntary reporting scheme, so it may be a lot higher than that. Very important. So the 1 in 15,000 myocarditis incidents after the second jab for youngsters in America is probably a lot worse than that because the reporting system, the VAERS reporting system, look it up, V-A-E-R-S, is voluntary. Um, and that's what they're trying to say they're not going to do. But they've said, oh, well, we'll give it. And then we'll leave it for 12 weeks and then we'll decide what to do, depending on the international data. The other thing that they must do if they are going to roll this out is they must have a proper way of following up what happens. Yes. Because the drug companies are not doing any proper post-marketing surveillance, as far as I can see. Very important that you hear that again. This is very true now. Very, very true. And uh, I was talking about this with a friend of mine today. Listen. Because the drug companies are not doing any proper post-marketing surveillance, as far as I can see. No, they're not. The drug companies couldn't give a damn. Once the jabs are in people's arms, the manufacturers themselves couldn't give an arse. Less of an arse as to what happens. They don't care. Why? Well, they're indemnified. doesn't matter. What's happened with those jabs we gave to 75 million people? That doesn't matter. We're indemnified. Forget about it. Let's move on to the next jobs. And we have a yellow card system, which again is completely voluntary. Yeah. It's probably got less than 10% of cases actually being reported. And then they turn around and say, oh, well, this is coincidence. Um, they need to have a proper system where everybody is given a yellow card yeah. at the date of their vaccination, which has a prepaid card, which has to be returned after well 30 days. Absolutely. You send your card back. Well done. Well done. It isn't much to ask, is it? That everybody who shows up to a vaccination centre would first of all be told exactly what's in the bloody thing, what the real risks are, the genuine risks, as opposed to the risks of getting the virus. Then, before administering the bloody syringe or the injection, they should present a yellow card form to everybody and look them in the eye and tell them this is serious. If something happens, even if it's only a bit of an itch, even if it's only a bit of a headache or a bit of a temperature, we need to know. So you might be inclined to wonder, if you're new to this programme, why don't they do those very basic things? You see, it's important, isn't it? Ross Jones there, paediatrician, speaking with Talk Radio's Julia Hartley Brewer. And it's worth hearing this 20-second clip again. Don't forget, when pressed by a guy called Brown from the Sunday Express, not the Sunday Express, the Express newspaper, when asked yesterday, what was the evidence? What was the new evidence that led the JCVI to change their minds and jab 16 and 17-year-olds? What's the evidence now that, that it's necessary? You know, seeing as you didn't feel it was the right thing to do before. What changed? This is what way... Shen Lim, or Wee Shen Lim, the guy heading up the JCVI on COVID, this is what he said. The intention is for all the evidence to be published. Uh, the evidence uh, isn't necessarily in the hands of JCVI. We have spoken to uh, academic partners and to other people in other countries as well. 
so wherever possible, we encourage that the evidence is published, but the timing is not in our hands. Wow. I know. We laughed at this yesterday, didn't we? So why did you change your mind then and start, you know, tell us that we need to jam to 16 and 17 year olds? Well, I don't have the evidence. Uh, it's our intention to publish it, but the evidence isn't with us. We've spoken to some academics around the world. It's bullshit. And if you have a child in his or her teens, don't think if they're 12 or 13 that they won't come for the 12 and 13 year olds. They will. Of course they will. That's the next level of this game, this rollout. The next level will be the younger ones. They're doing it in Ireland, offering it to 12 year olds and, and older. If you do have a kid, whether it's your own, whether it's a nephew, a niece, a grandson, a granddaughter, you've got to, at this stage, try your very best to encourage the parents of these children to have a really good think about what's going on. And if you can share any of that audio with them, you know. But then how many parents are selfish? I wonder. I'm not accusing parents of being selfish. How many parents are so desperate to get away, to get out of the country, to go on a long holiday? to go on a cruise, to go to the Mediterranean, to lie on a beach in Torremolinos. How many? That they'll get their children jabbed anyway because it suits them. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. 21 minutes past the hour. This is Thursday's Richie Allen Radio Show. You are with the BBG. Certainly not the BBC. Let's very quickly jump to the next story. Love this. James O'Brien, prize our soul, I think we, we might say. Nothing going for him, really, this guy O'Brien. We laugh at him, and I always feel guilty because he's dreadful. I'd prefer if he was good, if he had anything going for him. It would be easier, you know. Kay Burley is far more professional than O'Brien, let's be honest about it. But um, O'Brien is really pissed off that young people are out having fun. Really pissed off. James O'Brien, this dipstick who works for LBC. And he took a phone call today from a guy who says that his wife is a COVID vaccinator. She must be very proud of herself. COVID vaccinator. She's a nurse. And the wife, apparently, isn't needed until later this year because young people are not coming forward in the appropriate numbers for his wife to be needed. So this guy is pissed off as well. James O'Brien is pissed off. Why won't the kiddies come forward to get the jabs? Do they not realise that this isn't over? Have a listen to this. I think you hear O'Brien first, the uh, the moronic James O'Brien. So your wife right. is a volunteer uh-huh. in a vaccination centre and she's been... She's, she's a ner- no, she's a nurse. A nurse. She actually does put, she does put jabs in arms. Okay. Uh, she puts jabs in arms. Uh, and is involved with all the risk assessment stuff around it. She's involved with all the risk assessment. Well, what a crock of shit that is. My wife puts jabs in arms and she's involved in all the risk assessment stuff. They're not telling anybody about the risks. Liar, liar. Your pants is on fire. They're not telling people who go in. Nothing. It's like, sit down, roll your sleeve up and hang around just in case you faint. Now, here's a lollipop and a kick in the arse, go home. That's all they're telling people. Um, but, but, but from what she's telling me and from my observations, it's, mm. it's quite straightforward. Young people are not taking it up. They're just not taking it up. Thank God. And I think my, my personal belief is mm. we've had Freedom Day. Everywhere's back open again. We saw all the scenes at Euro 2020 we at did. the final yes. where there were thousands and tens of thousands of people crowded everywhere. And, and, and I think that the general attitude of young people, and I'm not judging them, I'm not saying they're right, I'm not saying they're wrong, their general attitude is life's back to normal. We need it. 
Yes, life is back. Well, it should be back to normal. Life should never have been taken out of normal, ever, because of this garbage. A little bit more. Well, this is going to be a bit embarrassing for both of us, Neil. We're going to have to... What does he say here, O'Brien? This is going to be embarrassing for both of us. Well, who is O'Brien? Well, this is going to be a bit embarrassing for both of us, Neil. We're going to have to invite some young people. Would some of the younger people please ring well, in and, and confirm or deny Neil's analysis? Because it fits the available space, doesn't it? You, yeah, you will get young people who will take it up. But the top and bottom of it is the programme is drying up because people aren't coming forward. Well, I hope you're wrong, but obviously you're speaking from lived experience. Your wife's been stood down until September because the the people the, the arms are not presenting themselves not. to be jabbed. We there's need also, to examine there's that. There's also been a lot of people that have said they are coming forward, appointments have been booked, and they're just not turning up. So psychologically, the suggestion here is that we have created an idea that, the, the and again, probably the government's fault, although the media, as ever, will be complicit, we've created a perception that we're over the finish line. Normal services resumed. And to be honest with you, being out and about, I don't know what it's like on the Wirral, but in London's fashionable Leicester Square, it feels like normal service has been resumed. Well, it, There's nothing fashionable about Leicester Square. It's a shithole, believe me. It's been resumed. Well, it, it, it does around the shops. So you know, why would that? You know, Liverpool, Chester. It, it's, a, it's amazing to hear these two absolute dickheads bemoaning the fact that youngsters are having a good time in the summer holidays. It's astonishing, isn't it? It's, Does it? It's business as usual. You go into North Wales. And it's not either or. It's not either or. This is, again, a, perhaps a failure of messaging or leading. Failure of messaging. O'Brien goes on to blame the government then. How dreadful it is that the kiddies are out having a good time in the warm weather. Angela says, how you doing, Angela? Richie, I think I'd sound much more upset if I was talking about the death of my brother, referring to the twin earlier on. Paul says, Richie, the lady chatting about her deceased brother is very matter-of-fact in the way she talks. Not saying she's lying. We all deal with grief in a different way. But there is zero emotion in her voice. The story smacks of desperation on the part of the media. Yeah, maybe. I certainly couldn't rule that out. Patricia says Dr. Sacharit Bhakti, who was on this programme last year but won't return, sadly, says if you give that jab to your child, you are committing a crime. Uh, I didn't hear that, Patricia, but I have no doubt that he did if you say that to me. Uh, Lisa has been in touch to say, I can't believe you overlooked something, Richie, and then sent me a link to the childrenshealthdefence.org. You might be surprised to know, Lisa, that I get six and a half thousand links a week sent to me by people. And as I work on my Todd, uh, no, I didn't see it, to be honest. Uh, no, whatever it is. I'll take a look at it later on. Uh, hi to Alan in Liverpool. Speaking of Liverpool, how are you doing, Alan? And thanks to those of you who've been sending me uh, nice messages about holiday. I'm not going on holidays yet and I'm not going out. I'm not leaving the country. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about between now and the end of the programme. This is the Richie Allen Show. It is live, as usual, from Salford, where the wind is whipping up. We're promised the thunder showers a bit later on. In fact, the forecast for the next couple of days is dreadful for most of the country in the extreme. Yeah, anyway, we'll get over that. Hopefully next week will be a bit better. Hi to Gail. How you doing, Gail? Thank you. Hi to David Keane. Good evening, David. And hi to John Taylor. Hello, John. Thanks, mate. Thanks for your kind message as well. This is uh, the great Tina Turner. When I come back, I will be joined by my guest and we'll have a good old chinwag. It's been a long time. So it has, eh? 27 minutes past five then.
Tina Turner and the best on the Richie Allen Radio Show. Just gone half past the hour, Thursday, August 5th, 2021. The year of our Lord. The year of Arnold. I'm glad Jean Ann reminded me of this. Uh, she got in touch with me this morning. It's been a mad busy day today. But it's important news. In God's country, in Ireland yesterday... Jean Ann says, with breathtaking cynicism, Leash County Council cancelled Electric Picnic, which is a very big deal, right? It's a music festival aimed at younger men and women. Um, and she says, this happened days after all 17 to 23 year olds were encouraged to take the jab. They even organised pop-up jabbing centres over the bank holiday weekend, which was last weekend, to accommodate the younger people. The young flocked to the pop-up vaccination centres because they were told weeks before they'd need to be jabbed to get into the event, the electric picnic. It is disgusting. It's evil. It's unimaginably evil. I know that's another cliche. I know it covers a lot, but it's just sick. It is sick and I don't have any other adjectives to describe it. I really don't. Hi to Monica Conway, uh, who's listening from a drizzling Tipperary, Tipperdoran. How you doing, Monica? Thanks for the kind words as well. I won't read them out because I'll blush. Thanks, Monica. Christine says, you're right, Richie. I, ne- I had a conversation with a woman last night. She doesn't want to jab her kids, but she said, what do I do if they can't go to school? I need my job. I couldn't speak, says Christine. People have their priorities all wrong. They do, and I agree, but I also empathise with them. I do. I empathise with them. You know, there but for the grace of God. And I, I do consider myself to be fortunate that I am, I suppose, I, how do I say it? That I'm privy. Privy is a good word to certain information. And I don't think it's because I'm any more intelligent than anybody else. I don't think it's because you're more intelligent than anybody else. I really don't. I think we're lucky. We are intelligent, of course, but there are other very intelligent people too. Something happened for us along the way and because of that, well, we were lucky and we got to see things and we got to know things. Let's um, let's welcome back. I've got a big smile on my face. You can hear it in my voice from ear to ear. It's been, well, it's been at least two years, I reckon. There's no excuse for it, but uh, he's been moving around and he's he's been busy with his own life and his own work. And of course, this nightmare paradigm, this COVID thing got in the way. I'm thrilled to welcome him back. I got to know him back in 2009, 2010, when I was in Spain doing radio. And he was incredibly generous with his time. He would come on with me from his base, then his base in California, and would spend a couple of hours with me. And he would field telephone calls from all over Spain, the Costa Blanca, the Costa del Sol. I love the man, I make no bones about that. He's, um, for me, the researcher. He is the the doyen of, of, of researchers in the field of occult religious philosophy and much more besides. I won't give you his entire resume because I'd be here till Christmas giving it to you. Uh, for years, he edited Truth Seeker magazine, the oldest free thought journal in the United States. 
His work on secret societies, ancient, modern, religion, as I said, is absolutely vital. And it's no, it's never been more important to get into these issues than now in some way to try and explain what's really going on, hidden religious agendas and the part they play in this world, including in this paradigm. Let me welcome back to the programme, without further ado, my great friend, the one and only Jordan Maxwell. I have a grin from ear to ear, my old friend. How are you? Oh, I'm fine now. I'm fine, Richie. And it's so nice to hear your voice again. Which I said I to you earlier. Yeah, it's yeah. One, it's wonderful to hear your voice again. Last time we spoke, you were in Arizona. Now you're back in California, I believe. Yes, yeah, I'm back in California. I'm, I'm just above the city of, uh, oh, what is it, Desert? Oh, Palm Springs. I'm just above Palm Springs in California. So your views called, must be beautiful. Yeah, it's very nice here. Very nice. And I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy here. But since I've last talked to you, I've had two strokes and two heart attacks since I last talked to you. So I think I should be happy to be alive. You're lucky to be here. I, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't aware of that, and obviously, if you're in if you're in that condition, you're not in a position to reach out to let people know. And I mean, that's extraordinary. And are you are you on the path to recovery now, or would you say you are recovered from it? Are you back on your feet? Well, I'm I'm on my way to recovery. I'm trying to get back on my feet, but I don't be I'm not going to be able to travel anymore. Not very easily, and uh, I don't give lectures or speeches anywhere, and uh, so I only have radio now at my disposal to do radio, so I can talk to people. Well, you know, you're, I can't, you're, you're, can't you're, do anything else besides that. You've always been in great demand over the years, and uh, like I said, I was thrilled to uh, to reconnect with you and to get you back on today. Jordan, I'm sorry to hear about that. I knew nothing of that. If I had, I would have been in touch, of course. I'm ashamed of it, really. My only excuse is that since March last year, it's been, um, for all of us, I suppose, it's just been relentless. And the focus has been relentlessly on trying to debunk what's been going on. I suppose we we inevitably have to... I'm I'm glad you're okay, by the way. What a, a scare that must have been for you. Strokes and then to have heart attacks. Um, Jesus, um... You're a braver man than me. And look, we, 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 we hope your recovery c- continues and you're back on your feet soon, even if you don't travel so much in the future, as you said. Do you want to start off with, I suppose, your experience of what's happened in the last 15 months, 18 months, and what you think is happening and where it might be well, coming from? actually, I know what's happened. I know that we are being disassembled in America. America is being disassembled by the Communist Party. We call them the Democrats, but actually it's the Communist Party. And the Communist Party is determined to destroy America. And this is what they're doing, and they're in the course of doing it right now. And of course the people just love, love the Communist attitude and the Communist way of doing things. 
and we're told that uh, it's going to be wonderful for everybody in the new workers' paradise, in the new world order, in which we're all going to be in, of which Hitler talked about the new world order. And he talked about the Communist Party, and he was a communist himself. And so this is what we are now dealing with in America, is the Soviet Communist Party is coming back to destroy America. And we have too many people who are siding with our enemies to help them to destroy our country. So many politicians are, can't wait until they see the destruction of America. Why? Because they are working for the communists on the on their side. And that's why they want to do what they do. And it's incredible that they're getting away with it. People, most people do not understand what's going on. But I do, because I've been looking at it for so long. And I've been talking about it for 60 years. So I understand where we are and where we're going. And I understand who's doing it and why they're doing it. But um, let's come back to that in a minute. Can I can I ask you a question? Yes. I, I've only been to the States one time and I enjoyed it there. It was, it was the East Coast. It was Florida. It was New York City. It was Boston. That's where I spent my time. And I loved it. As, you know, it was vast. You can imagine an, an Irish boy going to America for the first <laughs> time, you know, it's just it's a phenomenal experience. And we were always we were always told over the years about you know, if if we were if somebody asked, what is a typical American like? The answer probably would have been, well, a typical American, they believe that if you work hard, that you can achieve nice things for yourself. You can you can get yourself a nice home. You can get yourself a nice car. You can take some holidays. You might even buy a holiday home. And these things are yours because you've worked hard. And I believe that is an American attitude. Why is it? Why have the ordinary people capitulated to the things you just mentioned a moment ago? Why have they not said to the president, why have they not said to the, the, their, their governors around the country, apart from a couple of Republican governors, why have they not rebelled against the Jordan? What, what's happened to the American spirit of entrepreneurism, of, you know, hard work, capitalism? Why are they collapsing in the face of this? I think it is because they are afraid. They're frightened to death because of what's coming. I think most Americans know what is on the way for America, and they are scared to death because they're going to have to face it and by themselves for the rest of the country, for the rest of the world. And we are now the target to be destroyed. And that's why they tell us to stand six foot apart Put your mask on and go home and shut up and don't ask any questions. And we hope you die. We hope you're dead soon. Yeah. And so that's what we are today in America. We have politicians who are not politicians. They are simply fronts for the World Communist Party. And they are going along with the plan to destroy this country. Now, can I ask you this? You say World Communist Party. And yeah. somebody listening to this who, who hasn't heard me speak with you before, they're fascinated straight away and they're wondering, but if I look for the World Communist Party online, I won't find it. Is this a secret society? Is this a communist party 
that is masquerading as the Democrats, as the Republicans, yes. as the Labour Party, as the Conservatives. That's right. Right. That's right. It is a, it is a political party that is determined to do what they're doing to destroy the biggest country in the world that has kept peace for the for the whole world, and they are determined to destroy our country and our government and the politicians are going along with it the people have no idea in the world what is happening none now you none. said you said about keeping peace a lot of people would say that the united states government has been the most aggressive government in the world in terms of its foreign policy over the last 40, 50 years, it's bombed countries, it's destroyed countries, it's I, given uh, arms totally to countries. Agree. Yeah. I totally agree, yes. So again, it's, it's uh, what's the word, it's like an inversion, isn't it? So on the one hand, yeah. the, the, the governments, these, these, these governments, these secret societies, they claim to be creating peace and well-being around the world, but they're doing the opposite at the same time. Now, just before you come back in, uh, this is astonishing to me. It, it really is. I announced that you were on the programme only before I introduced you. I kept it a surprise until I, until I said hello to you. Um, I've just had 176 emails into the programme in the last five minutes from people saying, thank God uh, Jordan is on the programme. Oh. Where was he? I mean, honest to God, they're loving it. They're loving it. And a really good... It's, it's beautiful. A really good friend of mine asked me to ask you, were you surprised that they have used a virus this time. No, I no. was not. I was amazed that it was that they were able to come up with such an idea as a virus because that is the uh, uh, that is a key to what they needed. They need something to hide behind. So they hide behind a virus. And of course with a virus anybody can catch a virus. Yeah. Or anybody can be uh, gullible to to catch a cold or catch pneumonia or whatever. And so that is that works out perfect for everybody, that it's a virus that we have to fight. And therefore, we have to put our mask on and keep your mask on. Yeah. And the scientists will tell you the reason why they're doing that is because they don't want you uh, communicating with other people. They want you to keep your mouth shut and keep and do what you're told to do and be in compliance and put your mask on and go home and don't Shut ask up. any questions. Yeah. And uh, we hope you die. We hope you're dead pretty soon. We'll come back to the depopulation, of course. We have loads of time. It's uh, nice and early there. It's quarter to ten in California. Uh, yeah. My great friend Jordan Maxwell is on the programme. How cool is this uh, today? Thank God you're, you're, you're back on the show. Thank God you're okay. Before oh, we get you. before we get into depopulation, does somebody like you who's been predicting this, and you have been predicting, you've been predicting what they want to achieve. You've been very clear about that over the years. Do does a part of you admire them? You know, does a part of you? I mean, to know your enemy and to defeat your enemy, do you sometimes need to give them a nod and say, "Right, that's pretty good." I mean, the virus, which is probably not that serious. And yet they've convinced everybody it's deadly, and they've introduced the masking and, and and as you said the distancing. Does a part of you give them a little bit of admiration? I probably think so, although I can't believe that what they have been able to do 
they have done. Yeah. They have frightened the American people into subjection. And where was this American freedom and the freedom movement for America? There is no freedom. There's no freedom anywhere. The masters of the human race are incredible in what they can do and how, how smart they are to put stuff together to frighten us. And as far as I'm concerned, they are frightening the human race into subjection. And they're telling us that we're going to all catch this flu and we're going to all die and every, all terrible things are going to happen when in fact and nothing is happening. And I think that somewhere along the line, we're going to have to f come face to face with the problem and see that they've been lying to us from day one. That's what the lock, a lot of the doctors in America are talking about that, that we are facing a dilemma of, of uh, proportions that we've never faced before because we don't know what's going on. They haven't told us, and so we don't know. And so the American people are frightened, and, they're, and they are kept at bay because they have bills to pay and they're not working. Yeah. They're not going to they're not going to work and they're not working. And the business, remember the business of America is business. Business is the business of America to keep the flow of money and commerce going. Well, we are home with our mask on acting like a four-year-old acting and, and frightened to death of a boogeyman that's going to get you and it's incredible how what they've been able to come up with, with and is all it your, ideas is it your belief that the virus is real number one and number two if it is real how i suppose potent is it is it the flu is it real what are your thoughts on it I don't think the thing is real at all. Right. I think it's blown out of proportion and it's the same old virus we always get around the time of the year when the old people are catching a cold or catching a flu. I think that's what we've got. And so when you look at the past years of how many people have died from the flu who are older, and that's what we still got it. We're still getting the same numbers. So I don't think it's anything new or big on the horizon. I think it's the same old virus that we've been having for years and years. It's the same old virus. The same thing. And the politicians are, are using it to scare the people. And they keep lying to us. That's the thing I, can't, I cannot stand as being lied to. Well, you, I think over the years, the thing that vexes you more... Well, at least you've told me this before. It's bad enough that you get these front men, as you described them, front men and front yeah. women. Yeah. The lies. But what's worse is, I think Bush said many years ago, didn't he? He made a mess of it. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. It, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter how many times people get screwed by the people I they know. elect. They still go back to the ballot box every four years thinking uh -huh. we'll, we'll change it this time. But you've been telling because audiences. They, are, they yeah. are voters. They're yeah. not electors. They're voters. Yeah. We have electors in this country who elect, and we have voters who tell the, the people who are electing 
which person they like. And that's what they go to the polls because the polls are nothing more than to find out what the people like and what they don't like. And so they put, and it doesn't matter which one that they like because they're all working for the same goal. They're all working for the same company. It's a corporation. It's called the U.S. Corporation. And that's another thing that bothers me is the fact that the United States used to be called the United States of America. But since the Civil War in 1870, there has been no United States because we were not united. We were at each other's throat killing each other in America. So we weren't a United States. So it was decided in 1870 that there would be a company formed. And they formed a company, a corporation called United States Corporation. And they, they said that everyone who is a member of this corporation should get a security uh, card showing that you are a member of a corporation. And so they give us a social security card. And that therefore, you are when you carry that card, you have your you have your um, participation in that corporation. But it's not the United States of America. We are in the United States Corporation as a privately owned company, and we are going to war not for America. We're going to war for the masters who own the corporation. And the person who carries the social security card, in that scenario, that person is owned by the corporation. Yes. An That's asset, right. an asset, I should say, of the and, corporation. Uh, well, you are a security for the body social. That's why when you quit, you get social, secu social security because you are the security for the body social of America, as long as you're paying your debt and paying your bills and paying your, yeah. your taxes and all these things that we're paying continually, taxes and upon taxes. If you pay all of that, then you are a good security. You're securing the corporation called America. And so the United States Security Corporation. And so that's why they have us paying and paying and paying it because we always support and, and finance all the big corporations. Can I just and jump so in there because this is important. When I asked you about 12 years ago to explain this to me, you said that I should think about the days before democracy when, I mean, we don't really have democracy. You've just explained that. But the days before when kings and queens were the established rulers. Yes. And yes. The, the people were commoners. They were commoners and they worked on the land. But they worked for the crown. You said to me 12 years ago, the system we have today was given to us. It's exactly the same system as the crown and the commoner. But they've developed this system because people were going to rebel against it. And they did rebel against it in England. They rebelled against it in France. And what they, don't, what they did was, was they invented democracy. And they invented the system you just described, the United States Corporation, so that people would think they were free. But in reality, today in 2021, you're just the same now as you were in the, the year 1300 or the year yes. 970. That's the analogy yes. you made to me 12 years ago. 
and that is exactly the case. There are so many things which are not true. We are the most incredible people on the earth in America because we believe things that are just not in fact true. And, and I could give you all kinds of, uh, of evidences for this. And it's, it's a strange thing to behold how America believes virtually everything they're being told. And we are now against each other. We're now fighting each other. Yeah. And there are people who are pushing our buttons and causing us to march in the streets. And we're coming eventually we're coming to a place where we're going to be at another civil war and I don't see anything that is going to stop it I see nothing that can stop the civil war that's coming a civil war over a virus hang on now this is great this is great let me just remind our listeners Jordan Maxwell is our guest if you want to find out more about Jordan, go to the website jordanmaxwellshow.com. That is jordanmaxwellshow.com. Now, we're, we're obviously going to come back to the Civil War. We're obviously going to come back to things like depopulation. But I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you this. So we are assets of the corporation. And yes. we must pay taxes and we must pay our bills. However, there's a... A contradiction, not your contradiction, not yours, but there is a contradiction. They are, they are making it so that people cannot earn any money. Pretty soon, people won't be able to pay any money. They won't be able to pay their bills. They won't be able to buy food. So we won't be paying into the corporation. So there's a little contradiction there. Are they not screwing themselves or are they fiendishly clever? Is there a reason for that? I think there is a reason for that, because they want to know, not think, they want to know. The people who are doing this to us want to know for sure that America uh, is, is in the hole and cannot be out, cannot dig their way out and cannot force their way out. And so they now know that we are collapsed. Our, our life in, in America is finished. And we know that. And so that's that's what they feel. They want to know that we are convinced that there's no hope for us. They want to bankrupt us, do they? They want to bankrupt the entire country. Not just America, yeah, but every country. That's right. That's right. Bankrupt the whole country. And the best way to do that is tell everybody to go home and we're going to yeah. give you plenty of money. We'll make sure you got plenty of money. They don't tell you that that money is coming from you. And if they're going to give you all this money for free, where is that going to leave us eventually? That's the into question now. Total bankruptcy. Into total, and that is the $64 million question. Because yeah. rather than the people come together and gather pitchforks and gather torches and, yeah. and drive these lunatics into the sea... I don't mean kill them, but exile them. Rather than do that, your concern is is that we will end up killing one another over social distancing, over somebody not wearing a mask, over our identities, over racism. We will just kill one another, and they'll just sit there laughing while we go yeah. while we go crazy on one another. Is that what you think? That's what I think. That's what's going on, and that's what's happening. And in point of fact, that is in fact what's going on right now. Yeah, it is. It's a, it is an incredible situation that we're facing. 
and uh, I don't think there's any way out for us. I don't see any way out for them, for America. I don't think there's any possible way we can extricate ourselves from this massive conspiratorial apparatus that is all over the world. We're just the biggest. We're, get, we're, we're the biggest. If they can knock us down, they can knock down the whole world. And that's what the Communist Party has dreamt of doing. And they tell us that we have to do this, we have to do that. And I'm thinking to myself, where is the America I grew up in that was free? We were free people. We're no longer free people. We are now assets. And now we are working just to keep ourselves alive. Just to so stay alive. Can... Did you did you maybe when you say you 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 miss the America where people were free, dare I put it to you, and this is a question I don't know the answer, but was there only an illusion of freedom at that time? There was an illusion of freedom. Yes. Yeah. It was we were we were under the illusion of freedom. And point of fact there was no freedom. But we have a lot more freedom in our daily lives back then than we do now. Today, you can do nothing, zero nothing, that will not cause great trouble to your house and to your home and to your life. If you, anything you do today, they can call the police on you, they can call you a communist, they can call you a Nazi, they can call you a terrorist. Any uh, the uh, effects that are, are now that the government has put into place certain alphabet agencies that operate, yeah. and the very word for the Soviet Union was Soviet, and the word Soviet meant a small group of people, not elected, to take over the reins of government. But well, that's what we have in America. We have every screwball, every dingbat, and every knuckle-dragger is now a big, big shot in the, in the world. They're a big shot because they can call the shots, and that's what Soviet meant. And so we are the new Soviet Union. That's incredible to even contemplate. To even say it out loud. You don't take any pleasure whatsoever in the fact that while, you know, I'd be lying if I said that you predicted every specific detail nobody could but you were very clear and concise about exactly where they wanted to go and over the years we talked about the various methods they would use but you were absolutely 100% right as to where they would eventually want to take humanity. There's a thousand questions coming in. They're all brilliant questions Jordan. I've got to ask you this one Jordan, as anybody who knows him, and most of my listeners know who Jordan Maxwell is, is, as far as I'm concerned, I did say it earlier on, the go-to man when it comes to secret societies, religions, ancient and modern religions, and and, and everything yeah. else to do. People are saying to me tonight, ask Jordan Ritchie if he believes that there is some connection between these vaccines, which are not really vaccines, that they want to push on people. Is there some connection with the vaccines and the book of Revelation, the mark of the beast? I, uh, I would say that's exactly correct. That's what's going on. And let me also tell you 
that on my website, uh, I have a website looks, that looks very old. It's not the modern day, uh, modern day website you will see. It's not bad. I, I'm up with the old school. It's not bad. And my website, say again? It's not bad at all. It's very user friendly. It's uh, it's quite uh, it is old. It's 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 dated in its design, but it's yeah, it's very yeah, easy that's to what navigate. I'm about. Yeah, it's it's easy to navigate. And though. the reason and the reason why is I want it to look dated and old. I want it to be that way. I want it to work, and not all kinds of bells and whistles and all kinds of of uh, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck uh, cartoons and all kinds of in, in, interesting things to catch your attention. I'm not interested in your attention. I'm interested in you if you want to know what's going on. I don't care about your interest in being titillated and and get the best website on the on the on the I don't care about that best website. I care about putting on my website only information that nobody else has only information that no one else has and i will tell you when you go on jordan maxwell's show you have to work you have to add the word show to jordan maxwell because so many people have used my name to make money off of me and to charge people for me and then they keep the money and I get nothing. Going back years. So, going back years yeah. that's been going on. That's right. JordanMaxwellShow.com And you can subscribe there. There's an, there's an avalanche of information there yes. that's relevant to what we're talking about now. Do you want to and stay? I will tell you Go too on. that I have material on my research website that nobody has, no one in the world has the kind of information that I have on my website, it's my stuff. It's the way I have buried, I have fought and, and tried to stay alive and look at the dark side of this world. And I have documents that you will not believe until you see what I have. Connecting it's the on dots. my research website. So if you go on my Jordan Maxwell Show website, you will see, uh, and, and uh, you'll see the advertisement for a research website. If you join the research website, you will see things you've never seen before. You will read documents you have never never heard of before. And that tells you what's really, in fact, going on in this world. And that's why I want everyone to know. Don't wait, don't go to my website expecting to see Fancy, fancy stuff. I don't have anything fancy. I'm of the old school. I want to distribute information that is mind-boggling. And that's who I am, and that's what I want to do. Been doing it for so 60 you, years. JordanMaxwellShow.com. The research website is on there. Get on there and subscribe to it. Let's stay with the biblical thing, because it's, yeah. a, it's a big statement. And it's been said to me by quite a few people tonight on, on email that... The, the jabs um, are somehow connected to the biblical stories, the revelation stories about the mark of the beast. Now that's, for many people, that will sound preposterous maybe. For me, maybe a few years ago, 
I would have said that's preposterous, it's silly, it's fanciful. Now I'm far more open-minded. I suppose what they're getting to is whatever is happening now with this virus and how the countries are being destroyed economically, it feels like the end game. Do you feel that? That everything that came before was all about getting to this stage? Like, this is basically the beginning of the end one way or the other. And I don't mean the end that we're all going to die, but it's either the end of the bad life and we move into a better life, or it's the end of goodness completely and we descend into total evil. This is it now, isn't it? It feels like that to me anyway. Yes, yes, it is the end. This is the end. And we have a democratic party. And keep in mind that during the 30s and 40s in America, all communist countries were referred to as the People's Democratic Society, the People's Democratic Government of Cuba, the People's Democratic Republic of North Korea, the People's Democratic Republic. It was always the People's Democratic Republic of Communism. And that's what we got today, a democratic communism. And the people who are running this thing are telling you they are, it's incredible how much they are actually letting you know what they're doing. They're They're not hiding it. They're telling you who they are and what they're doing and what they want. They want to destroy America because America offers the biggest incredible audience in the world for what is going on. And if if they can destroy the United States, they have destroyed the backbone of the world. So it's like the biggest domino. The United States is the biggest domino. If that falls, everything else falls. There's another irony, Jordan. It's really important to mention this. You talked about People's Democratic, you know, the the Democratic Republic of Cuba or whatever. Isn't it funny? I come from a trade unionist background and I, like yourself, have studied history and hidden history. And isn't it funny that these gangsters that have run the United States for decades, yeah. they demonized people like Salvador Allende in Chile uh, and socialism, and they demonized Hugo Chavez in, in, uh, in Venezuela and, you know, criticized these guys and called them, you know, socialists that were robbing their own people. But in fact, the opposite was true. Allende was taking his country back from the corporations. Chavez was taking his country back from the corporations. Again, everything is inverted. So these gangsters were trying to destroy these countries in Central America because they actually had leaders, not all of them, but some of them had leaders who were doing the right thing by their people. It's funny that, isn't it? I agree. And these agree, th- these yeah. people were the real, these are the real communists, the ones you mentioned, you know, your government's Bush, uh, maybe Reagan, obviously Reagan, Bush, Carter, then you have Obama. It's never really changed. It doesn't matter which politician is in the White House. The agenda keeps moving, uh, keeps moving forward. And do you, c- can I ask you some more questions that are coming in yeah. on email? Because there yes. are thousands coming in, hundreds anyway, thousands, but there are hundreds coming in. Uh, here, here's one about the Georgia Guidestones, the famous Georgia Guidestone. Do you, no. and there's also a brilliant question about UFOs, Jordan. When Jordan was on the program with me over the years, he told me some fantastically interesting stories about his own encounters with UFOs. So I'll ask you the UFO question in a minute because it's relevant uh, to this. Uh, everybody who's in 
independent media because of people like you, it must be said, and David and others, Jim Mars, rest in peace, God rest Jim. We know about the Georgia Guidestones, these mysterious stones that, yes. th- that are a message for humanity. And one of them talks about reducing the population to 500 million people. Do you think that's yeah. relevant or is that just a prank or is it relevant? Is it serious? No, I think it has something to do with the ancient Egyptians because in the ancient Egyptian religion, uh, they, all, they always taught that if you, if you go to the North Pole and can center right on the North Pole itself and cut a straight line through the earth with a laser that come out at the South Pole, the length of that laser light would be 500 million inches. And so that's why uh, I come up with the 500 million. That is an interesting figure because it's based on the Egyptian. It's based on what the Egyptians had taught. And I think there's something to it. That is astonishing. So if you measure from the North to the South Pole, you're talking 500 yeah. million inches. Yeah. And oh, we'll have to look into that. That sounds amazing. And you think that's connected to the 500 million figure on the Georgia Guidestone? I think that's exactly correct, yes. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they're going to try and do that by having people kill each other, to have people dying from starvation. And so these people that are in the position of authority are going along with it because they believe it's going to bring more political power to them if they act like they're trying to do something to help people. And in point of fact, the politicians in America are behind the grossness that's going on throughout the world. See, that's, that's a, that, that answers, I mean, the thing that frustrates people. I know there will be people listening to this, some people, and they will think this is nonsense. You know this. You're a big boy. You've been speaking to theatres around the world for years, and you always meet sceptics. People will say, this is rubbish, Jordan. If these politicians are just frontmen, and it isn't really their doing, it isn't their agenda, surely by now some of them would be so horrified by what's happening that they would break ranks and would blow the whistle. Why do we not see that? I would say that, no, that's not true, because you will get used to whatever. We get used to uh, all of the circumstances that we have to live with. We just naturally get used to it. And so we find out that today, if you're going to make it anywhere, you better go along with the plan, because that's where the money is. That's where the power is. And that's why the people with the big money, like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, are still in control of the human family because they got the money and they put the money out there for you. And so if you're going to, if you're going to be alive, you better find out where your bread is coming from. So you have these, you have these institutions, you have central banks, yeah. You have the, the Federal Reserve banks. You have the European Central Bank. You have families like the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds you mentioned. You have the Warburgs. You have the Oppenheimers. Yeah. They effectively control 
the money supply. And by controlling yeah. the money supply, you, you effectively control everything. Now, here's the question. Right. We're going to get a bit spiritual now with my friend Jordan Maxwell. Folks, go to jordanmaxwellshow.com and subscribe there to the research website. I will put a link to it on my website. I really will. I'll, I'll do that later on. I appreciate that. Will you stop? Will you stop? It's important. It's information that's out there for the good of humanity. I'll do that, of course. Um, let's get a bit spiritual then. Why would those who control the money supply, and they're from all different backgrounds, these people, from all different cultures, they're a handful of people. Most of them, their names are unknown, I think, as far as I understand. Why are they not happy with owning pretty much everything, with having the life of Riley, as we say in Ireland? They've got it all. They've got the women, they've got the men, they've got it all. In some cases, they've got the children, disgustingly. They've got everything, everything they want. No taboos, all the land, all the titles. Why would they want to kill Six and a half billion people. Why? Is there something else going on? Is there something esoteric happening? Is there something spiritual going on with these people? Yes. And you can see the last lecture I gave publicly in Laughlin, Nevada. I would suggest you go on the web to my lecture I did in Laughlin, Nevada. And it's called the MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA UFO Conference. And go on the web to MEGA UFO Conference. It's on YouTube, Jordan I think. Maxwell, and, and watch the entire thing. Watch the entire thing. Because the last half hour is a very important. That's where I'll wrap it all up and show you the documents in the, in the documentary. And it's an incredible story, but I'm going to tell you, if you go and to the mega uh, Laughlin, it's about 50 miles south of Las Vegas in Nevada. It's called the Laughlin Mega Conference. Jordan Maxwell speaking. And watch that, that, that presentation I made, and you will be surprised at the incredible stuff that I have uncovered in that lecture. I've got it here. It's on YouTube, so you can find it on YouTube, folks. They haven't taken it down yet, but it's on there at uh, Lachlan in Nevada, as Jordan said. Go, just look for UFO Mega Conference. You spoke for about an hour and 25 minutes, didn't you? Yeah. That's right. That's the one I've got it here. Again, I'll stick a link on the web later on. Folks, uh, go and find it on YouTube. It's very easy. And do share that link around, Jordan, yeah. And, and I'd like to explain something, too. Why I have a second uh, research website. Because I have been told by certain attorneys, the friends of mine, who are into law, they tell me, if you're going to put something on your website that you should not put on your website, or you might be in trouble if, if the government finds out, if you put it on a private website where people have to join, which shows the government, because the government is, in, is empowered to protect the public. But if the public wants to see something that's different, that the public wants to read and wants to see, 
And so that's the best thing you could do. That's an interesting point of law. That is a very interesting point of law. So if somebody whacks, I shouldn't say the word whacks, onto a website, if somebody places something on a website and just does that, that could be interpreted as causing some sort of public harm. However, if people come willingly and sign up of their own free will, they're taking responsibility for what they see. That's a legal yep. distinction. That's very interesting now. I wasn't aware yeah, of that. And, and I was told that if you walk into a restaurant one night with a 10 friends, 10 or 12 friends, and you go and sit in the back booth with all of your friends, you can say anything about anybody you want to. You can claim anything. You can call them any name you want as long as everybody else will allow it. You can claim anything because it is a private conversation and only the people at your table are hearing it. But if you're going to go on the air and say the same thing on the air, now the government is responsible because they are empowered to protect the public. And so they will come in and shut you down because they are protecting the public from hearing you. And so that's why I was told if you're going to put things on your website that you better watch out, you better you better have a good reason and be able to defend it. I will put it on a on a website that they have to join. You need to join. To join. By themselves. And of course you're not yeah. holding you're not holding a twelve gauge shotgun at somebody's head and telling them That's to join right. up. No, they just join up if they feel like joining up. Jordan Maxwell is our guest, jordanmaxwellshow.com. Um there's some emotional people listening tonight. There's some people who've been listening to me since I did radio in Spain and they remember our conversations. God, I loved our conversations in Spain, my friend. I'll never forget them. You'd come on oh, at 10 o'clock Spain time, which was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon or 1 o'clock in the afternoon in California. And we would get phone calls from all over Spain, from English-speaking people, asking questions about the meanings of words, occult symbology. It was the best radio. I mean, I've never been involved in radio like that. And sadly, of course, yeah. sadly, the the radio station being a commercial station, it deleted pretty much everything as a matter of course. So those old conversations, which I think would be very valuable now for people who are new to this, you know, because I was very new. I would love, I would love to do that with you. Yeah, I would to do love it again, to be yeah. able to, to tell the people exactly what's happening, missing no words, and showing you the proof so that it would be impossible to refute and showing you the proof I have in documents. It's on my research website. I have enormous amounts of research on my website that's on the research website that people will be amazed of the things which I have been able to uncover. Yeah. So which I we spoke about. It. Not at all. Which we spoke about for years. JordanMaxwellShow.com Jordan is in California. Not far from Palm Springs. Got a beautiful view there by all accounts. Right, here's a few more really interesting questions coming in from people. One of, uh-huh. them, one of them is, you, and I remember the story, you could try and catch me out now if you wanted to, but you, you, you've got to get up early to catch Paddy. Do you understand, Jordan? Uh-huh. You've got to get up early to catch an Irishman. I remember vividly the story you told me about your UFO encounters. What's interesting about that is, is that very recently, the US government and the Navy and the Pentagon has 
strangely, because it is strange, they've released videos of unidentified flying objects and they have admitted, well, it seems like they've admitted, that these things are anomalous. These are anomalies and they can't explain them. So, of course, people that are into ufology or UFOs, they were excited about that. But then I know somebody like you, you've been around the block too many times. Are you suspicious, Jordan, that they come out and say, oh, look, here are these UFO videos and they are genuine and we don't know what these crafts are. Are you suspicious at them saying that and are you suspicious at the timing of it? I'm suspicious of anything the government has to say anymore, <laughs> period. Right. So what's on going on with the stuff. UFOs then? Uh, I think the UFOs has to do with Genesis in the Bible. Genesis 1, 1. In the, in, the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It doesn't say that. It doesn't tell. It doesn't say. The Bible does not say that God created man. No. It doesn't say that. It says God created A-D-M. And we put another A in that letter, in that name, and it becomes Adam. How do we know that? How do we know that? How do we know that it was originally A-D-M, and then somebody because stuck in the I A? I went back to the big, the big uh, reference works yeah. at the Jewish University and looked up the, uh, looked up the scripture, and it says, we created A-D-M, yes. not Adam. A-D-M, whatever that means in Hebrew. I knew you'd and have the so, answer. I knew you'd have the answer. That's why I challenged you. So now, tell us why is that significant? And so I, I, I realized that God did not create man because God, first of all, in Hebrew is El. E-L is the word for God, El. And man, the word for man in the Hebrew language is Ish, I-S-H. Ish is a man. And so God created two men. He created the one man and he created a man with a womb. He created a womb man. And so God is El and Ish is man. It does not say in the beginning God created man. It doesn't say that. It says in the beginning Elohim created. Yeah. Elohim is putting a S on the end of a word, making it more than one. It's in the plural. So God is in the plural in Genesis 1, 1. He's in the plural. So the actual translation should be, in the beginning, the gods created the heavens and the earth. Is correct according to the Bible and the way to read it correctly. And, uh, and so... And it says, and the earth was without form and void. It doesn't say that in the Bible. The earth was without form and void. It says the earth became, it became a waste and a desolation. Not without form and void because God doesn't create anything. It's going to be formless and void. What does that mean? It means God didn't know what he was doing. He was just creating something without a form and it's void. No. The, the two Hebrew words are tohu, V-A, vahu. Tohu, vahu is became a waste in a desolation. 
In other words, there's a big time difference between Genesis 1, 1, when, when, when the gods are creating us, they are the Elohim, the gods in the plural. It's in the lowercase g's for God. The lowercase gods are the extraterrestrials. And this is exactly what we're today experiencing throughout our country is a UFO experience. And I believe the UFO experience is tied directly to the Bible because the Bible says that there are extraterrestrials who work with God. They were, and they are here to work with the God who is named El, A-L, and uh, that's why you got Israel and Mike L and Joe L and all kinds of names with L, the ends in L, because it's, for, it's telling you about the people of God, L. And so it's an incredible situation when I look at the Bible and know how many truths are being covered up purposely to deceive the people. They're covering up different things in the scriptures to make sure we don't understand and we're confused. And I know what's going on. I know who's doing it. And the Bibles today that are coming out of the Rockefeller Brothers Institute, the Rockefeller Trust Fund is financing certain Bibles, Rothschild, European uh, banking establishments are financing the printing of Bibles. So I know that the words in the Bible are being changed and uh, is becoming more and more confusing. And I know, and I've wanted so, for so long, I have wanted to be a reformer of the Christian religion in the world today. I've been wanting to be a reformer by telling the people the real truth is what the Bible is actually saying. So the and text of be, the Bible, the text of the Bible has changed through the generations. You've seen, oh, yes. you've seen a very, very early um, text of, of the Bible and you think yeah. that it signifies or signals that, that read interpreted a certain way, it demonstrates that beings of far greater intelligence than, yes. than should have been around at the time. Because when we think of the Bible, we think of people on donkeys and we think of you know, we think of um, the ancient world where no technology, a very basic life. But the Bible points to evidence that, in fact, that there were far more intelligent beings around at the time. Oh, God, yes. Now, can far I ask you this? Can I, can I ask you this? So we're getting loads of people making comments on this about extraterrestrials. Other people are saying, what about interdimensional beings? Because there are yes. other frequencies. But here's the $64 million question again. You and I spoke many years ago about the New Testament and the story, the big story in the New Testament is how God sends his son Jesus to save humanity by living on earth and ultimately dying for our sins. And you were the first person to ever talk to me about how the story of the father and the son actually comes from the planets and the stars, how the son is the son, Jesus. Jesus is actually the son, the son the big ball of uh, fire in the sky. And I know there's been some documentaries made about that, that the story of God, the Father, uh, and the Son, and the death, and the rising, the sun going down, and the sun coming back up again in the sky. 
that that story has been told in other cultures and other religions. Are you? Do you still believe that to be true? That the New Testament yes. comes from 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 astrology? Yes, it is called astrotheology. 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 It comes from the different times of the world history when there have been big cults have developed around the world. The solar cult was a solar, which is a sun cult. That's what we have today going on all over the world is sun worship. And this is why you go to church on Sunday because it's the day of the sun. Yeah. And he is referred to. And what we don't realize, here's something that's important to think about. Uh, we, we refer to our language as, as uh, Anglo language, English, but it's called Anglo-Saxon because Saxon is German. And you will find, if you look in the dictionary, that uh, English is a call, it's referred to as low German. It's a low interpretation of the word German. And so in the low German, that thing that comes up in the morning, it brightens up the whole world, is referred to as a sun, S-U-N. But in the German language, that thing that comes up in the morning is called S-O-N. And, that's, and so it's a, it's a mixture of two ideas, German and, and English. And in English it's S-U-N, but in German it's S-O-N. And we are, we're just limping along on two different opinions. We're told not to do that. But we're limping on two different opinions. And so we think that the sun, which we go to church for on Sunday, S-U-N. We think it's the son of God, but it's the son. Now, you will probably know, uh, you won't be surprised, that I would have a lot of people listening to me who are Christians. And they, they tell me regularly. They make no bones about it. They say, Richie, I get people sending me emails telling me that I've got to allow... Jesus into my life, that I've got to do that. And I'm respectful always. I don't know anything. I really don't know anything. And they will be listening to this now and they will say, but I know in my heart that, that Jesus, that, that Christ was, was real, that he, 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 he is a force. He, he is an energetic force. He is a, a force of good in my life. Would you be of the opinion then, and it is opinion, it must be said, that Jesus himself never did exist. I would say Jesus himself never existed. Period. And all of the all of the 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 material and the and the uh, talk about Jesus being a Messiah, you don't know that the Messiah for the Jewish people is a pyramid on the back of a dollar bill. The pyramid on the back of a of a one dollar bill is a symbol for the Jewish Messiah. And so so many people do not know that. Yeah. And it's that little tiny pyramid on the top of a pyramid that has an eye. And that is called a chief cornerstone. And we told twice in the Old Testament that the Messiah is the chief cornerstone. Not a cornerstone. No, he's not the cornerstone of the church. He is the chief cornerstone which means he is a triangle perched upon the top 
of a pyramid with an eye. And so this is the same exact word that is used in the New Testament for Jesus. He is the chief cornerstone. The chief cornerstone ties in all four sides of a pyramid at one time by putting a small pyramidion at the top. A little tiny pyramid at the top with an eye is the chief cornerstone. And that's what Jesus and the Messiah in Judaism is supposed to be, a chief cornerstone. And so we have bought the idea that we've bought the idea that the German language has been accepted as a, as a son, S-O-N, son of God. But on the other hand, in the Anglo-English, it's the S-U-N, the son of God. Yeah, yeah. I'm agnostic, it's, right? I, I've always been yeah. agnostic. These days I'm more open-minded. But when I was a bit more stubborn about, because I used to, not deny the existence of God. That's a silly thing to say. I just didn't believe that we had a saviour. And when I was asked why, because some people don't like that. They get very annoyed. Others are, they're, they're good and they like a discussion. And I said, well, I don't know this to be true. I do not know this to be true. But I suspect that getting large numbers of people to believe in, a, in an invisible saviour in the spirit world, that's a pretty good way to keep people compliant. And it's a good way to keep people subservient because you get them to think that, 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 in fact, it is a religious thing. It's not just Christian. Religions tell people to expect to suffer in this life. You should yeah. expect to suffer. And in the end, you'll be saved by by God in the yeah. end. And I used to criticise this. Now, I'm genuinely open. I'm not trying to curry favour with my listeners. I am not. I am genuinely open-minded now. I don't know that Jesus Christ didn't exist. Um, but I don't know that he did. And, and, and I, I think your reasoning is, is very, very interesting. Was religion, has it been used, Jordan, as a tool of slavery to keep people compliant? Because, well, it doesn't matter how bad things get. We've always got... God, when we leave this earth, has that been a big thing? Do you think? Is that is that real? Yes, I think that is precisely correct. That we are looking at the uh, end result is that no matter what happens in this world, you've always got the chance that you will leave this world and you will go with your family into heaven. Yeah. In point of fact, we we know that Jesus, when he died, he went into hell. And hell is actually a word in the Greek language for Hades. Uh, talks about uh, the word for hell is Sheol. Sheol is mankind's common grave. Sheol is a word uh, that is used by the Hebrews to for uh, for the word hell. Does it say? Sheol. Does it say in the Bible? Does it say in the Bible that when Jesus died on the cross, because he died in he rose again three days later. Does it say in the Bible, or in the old Bible, that he, he, that he actually went to hell for three days? Yes. Does it, it really? That. Gee, I didn't know that now. Yeah. Wow. No, it said he went into hell and was preaching to the captives in hell. 
But what that meant was he went into mankind's common grave. When he's dead, they just dig a hole and put him in it. And so that he went into hell. He went into Gehenna, into the Greek word for hell. And so I know, I know that in fact, Jesus did not ever exist. But I know and I appreciate why people Believe need to have him exist. I know why. I'm going to tell you my old and great friend and my sometimes curmudgeonly friend. I'm going to call you out here. I think you've got great reason to believe what you do, but I don't think you know. I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to be awkward. I think you believe you know, but, but how can you ultimately be sure? I'm going to put this question to you now. Here we go. This is where you'll never speak to me ever again. Here we go, my <laughs> old friend. You are a man of a certain age. And if there is a God, please God, you live to be 110. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. But you're nearer to God if God exists. You're probably a little bit nearer to him than I am, only because I'm roughly half your age. And, uh, and I love you. You know I love you. If, has it occurred to you, do you get excited sometimes? Do you think... Maybe in 10 years' time, maybe I'll go to bed one night and I will, my, 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 my spirit, my essence, my energy will pass on. Do you think about that sometimes? Because then you will know, won't you? You will get the answer. Or will you? Yes. 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 You'll, you'll get the answer if you are alive to think and to, uh, and to appreciate your surroundings. You'll get to know. I think I don't think that there is anything to this idea that when we die, we go to heaven with God's son, S-U-N, on Sunday. Yeah. Because he is the light of the world. Well, of course the sun is the light of the world. And what else lights the world besides the sun? And so we say that God's son is the light of the world. Of course he's the sun and he's the light of the world. Do you know what, Jordan? What you're saying does make sense. If I had to put my last 20 bucks, if I went to Vegas and I had to bet with my last 20 bucks, I would bet on you, on, on that theory. But, but I think that believing in Jesus has done so much good, hasn't it? In, in so many other areas. Because some of the greatest people I've ever met were good. I think they were good because they had good parents. And I think they were good because they had good grandparents. But those grandparents and those parents, they loved the stories about Jesus and the apostles. And it, in, it inspired them to do good things and to be good for people. And there are a lot of priests and a lot of nuns. Priests, they get a bad rap. Nuns get a bad rap. But there are lots of them doing good in some of the most dangerous places in the world because they believe that is the right thing to do. So paradoxically, I, I it's, done some, it's, it's done some good things, hasn't it? It certainly has. But because it's done good things, they could have done good things without being Christian. They could have just done some good things because they were born good and they were living a good life and wanted to help yeah. and wanted to promote goodness. And so they have promoted a lot of goodness in this world. 
Jesus was the ultimate communist. It's nice of you to say that. Jesus was the ultimate communist, wasn't he? If you believe in the dictionary definition of communism, because Jesus said, look, you can't have any possessions. And, you know, or at least you should share everything you have with everybody you know. And that a rich man, it'll be more, it'll be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle or something like that. What What about the soul then? I mean, what is the essence of Jordan Maxwell? When the physical body expires, and again, heaven, let's all fingers crossed, it's not for a long time. But when the physical body does, you know, pack it in, what will, where will the essence of Jordan go? What do you think? What's your best guess? The soul. Do you know? It's very difficult for me to know. Yeah. Because of my belief system based on the facts that I have looked up in the library, based on the facts that I have at my disposal, there's just no doubt in my mind that Jesus did not exist. And he is merely uh, uh, a helping hand idea and that the Jesuits of the Catholic Church have used the uh, social gospel to promote world communism. And so I don't really believe that Jesus ever existed. I think I can prove that. Do you know what? Even if you're right, and let's just say you are right, and like I said, if I was to make a bet, I would go with you. But that's, we can separate that away from you being some sort of energetic consciousness, can't we? Is that, yes. that, that so? I suppose that's the question I was asking. Do you think that you, you Jordan, that your consciousness will continue to be conscious after when you turn 104 and you have your final whiskey and you fall asleep and you don't wake up? Will that energetic, will that consciousness go somewhere? Will it do something? Do you think? I suppose I'm thinking Star Wars. I'm not being um, silly now. I'm not joking. Um, I'm thinking. Ben Kenobi in Star Wars, when Ben dies, he's still there, isn't he? He appears to Luke sometimes. His consciousness yeah. is still there. That's I suppose that's what I'm getting at. What, what, what's your feeling about that? Do you think that Jordan's consciousness will be somewhere? I don't really know don't for know. sure. But I know what you're talking about. And I know why you're asking. I'm just not really sure and what my answer would be. We can move on from it. I don't want to be badgering. I'm not badgering you. I'm, I'm just fascinated. No, no, no. I don't consider it badgering. Yeah, I'm just... I think they're very interesting questions. Because you are a spiritual guy. That's the thing. I mean, you are. We've had so many conversations over the years, philosophical conversations. It's, um, it's fascinating, people. We're, um, we've got about eight minutes, nine minutes left. Can you believe how quickly the time has flown, can you? It's oh, been, I know, I know, it's so difficult. I know, we could get into so much. Well, look, obviously, I mean, I, I'm going away now after today for a few weeks, but uh, but uh, back, of course, uh, later this month, and look, we'll, we'll obviously pick this up again. We'll, we'll, we'll make it a regular visit, my friend, if you're up for that. I know you've got I plenty will, on. I'm always up for that. That would be a wonderful idea. Well, do you know what we, we, what we used do to do? Bit. What we used to do was you would pick a subject. Do you remember that? You used to pick a subject, and we would do a 90-minute uh, show once a month and you would pick a subject so we can do that um, I would I, love to do that listen, again we'd be honoured we'd be honoured to have you on final that would be great brilliant Jordan final thing then on these gods 
you told me some years ago. In fact, I put it on YouTube and it had two and a half million views. We did a show and you talked about these gods. And some of these gods, these Elohim gods that you talked about, these extraterrestrial beings, some of them benevolent or trying to be benevolent for, for, for humanity. Some of them not so, some of them malevolent. And you said to me, and you made a very powerful case at the time, that a lot of the death and destruction and the wars, the terrible things we see in Yemen, in Syria, the things done by the US, by France, by Israel, by, by the United Kingdom, you said these things were being done by people as sacrifices to some of these gods. I remember you told me that. Have I misremembered yeah. that, or is that what you think is happening? No, I think that they are sacrificing humans to their gods. And I know that it's happening. And I've had opportunities to talk to some very, very important, influential people in America. People that you would not believe that I know. And they tell me things like that. Yeah. They tell me that they are doing certain kind of rituals. And I know that they are doing these rituals. And then. It's incredible that I have been able to be in the company of some people very high up. I even talked to the President of the United States one time. And I, was, I had the opportunity to talk to the President during uh, when Bush Jr. was President. And I have a phone call from him. And I know I just know that I have connections with people who are very, very powerful in world government. And I know that I'm going to be able to do what I have to do before I leave here. That's why God has allowed me to continue to be here. Even though I've had two strokes and two heart attacks, I feel like I'm on my way back now. I'm going to be able to finish what I have what I've started, and so I'm going to do just that. But you have to see it on my, if you go to my research website and look at the evidence, look at all of my stuff, and then come to a conclusion. Because hearing me is one thing, but seeing Genius. the documents and reading the instruments and understanding what's going on is a whole different story. Let me give the link That's because we're, we're rapidly running out of time. It's jordanmaxwellshow.com. That's the website. On there, you will find the, the research website. Sign up for it. Uh, it's, been, yes. it's been an absolute gift speaking to you again uh, today after the best part of two years. Let's, let's in September, have a chat. And the, I've be, just been glancing through the emails the subject of the Freemasons and secret societies is a question that's yes. being asked quite a bit. Is that something that we can kind of get into next time we're yeah, on? I'd like to do that. I'd like to talk about Let's the Masonic orders throughout yeah. the world. And, uh, and the Dr. Fauci, who has been selling us all this malarkey about we're all going to die from some terrible disease. I found out he is himself a member of a of a political party connected to uh, the uh, the Jesuits. 
he is a Jesuit and he is being financed by them and promoted by them to do what he's doing. Let's do that next time, right? Because again, if I look through the emails, the Jesuits come up and people wonder, what is the significance of the Jesuit order? What's the significance oh, of Miss? Well, look, I, I, I'm, I'm going to disappear now for a couple of weeks. I'm away. When I get back, first thing I'll do is ring you. We'll have a chat and we'll, we'll set it up. Folks, go to jordanmaxwellshow.com. That's Jordan's website. Please go and check it out and sign up there for the uh, research website on there. It's like a separate website and look through it's those materials. It's a very small contribution. One time small contribution for a lifetime subscription. One small contribution for a lifetime. And I'll put a link to it on, on my website. Uh, before I go on holiday or when I'm on holiday I'll do it uh, I'll get straight on to it listen um, I didn't know that you'd been in such bad health it sounds terrible it sounds like I wasn't keeping in touch it had nothing to do with that it's everything that's been going on in the last 18 months it's been oh, insane I, I know I it's know been insane that. it's true but thank God you're, 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 you're back on your feet you're much loved by people who've been onto this information for, for years because you, you began it basically you began it my friend and uh, people will never forget that. Um, keep looking after yourself, and we'll talk again right soon. It's been brilliant having you back on. And I would love to do that. And I really have missed not being on with you. Yeah, me too. And I'd love to be able to do a continual program uh, ever so often, coming on and showing you the proofs and showing you the documents. Because I have put documents on my website, on my research website, that no one has, nobody has. I have asked so many people to look for these certain uh, objects and certain uh, documents. No one can find them. I found them, and I know where they are. And so if you go on my research website, you will find documents saying all kinds of interesting things you've never heard before. And this is why I want to be able to talk with you. No problem. Sixty. It's my, only, it's my only opportunity to be able to do something. 60 years worth of research materials. I'll be in touch with you real soon. We'll set it up for September and ongoing. When we did this three years ago, it was fantastic. Uh, it'll be brilliant. Uh, it's about time we did it. The times we're in demands it. Jordan, I'm signing off. Thanks for coming back on, pal. Love you. Great Thank to talk you, to you again. Thank you, my dear friend. Thank you so very much. And we'll speak and I'm, soon. I'm always here. You can email me and let me know that you want to know. And I'm always happy to be on your show when you, when you wish. The great Jordan Maxwell. Thanks, Jordan. Closing out today's program, jordanmaxwellshow.com, the website. Check it out and uh, subscribe there to the research website. We'll do this again. We'll do the Masonic Orders and Jesuits. We'll do that sometime in mid-September, I would reckon. It's probably the best time to uh, to do that. Great to have him on the programme. Uh, lovely. I, I'm nearly done then. Uh, not much more to, uh, to, to tell you today. Is there, Let me just have a quick look before, because uh, uh, I have a minute or two. I want to leave myself a minute or two. 
there anything else going on? I don't think so. Just just to let you know a couple of quick things. Um, from tomorrow, there won't be any audio playing through richieallen.co.uk. The reason for that is because um, the studio needs a rest. I know it sounds a bit mad because you're talking about equipment, computers. Uh, software, um, sound cards, Jesus, um, audio enhancing equipment. That stuff needs a bit of a break and it needs a bit of a service as well. So for the next week or so, you won't hear anything on the website. Uh, when I, when probably four or five days before I come back, I will begin running audio again through the website. But you might just share spread the word, you know, because when I do take a break, which isn't very often, it must be said, uh, people start to wonder what's going on. So let them know the, I haven't been kicked off. People start to panic and they think you've been deleted or kicked off. No, no, I'm, I'm going on holiday until the 23rd of this month. When I say I'm going on holiday, we're going to have some time out in the UK. We're certainly not going overseas. God, no. Uh, none of us are or ever will be jabbed or anything like that. So, there won't be anything on the website and I won't be uploading articles to the website so it's going to be a bit quiet. So when people wonder, as they do, what's happened to Richie? Uh, nothing has happened to Richie. I'm having my summer recess. This season of the Richie Allen Show is just about coming to an end. That's about the size of it. There you go. Do you want me to piss you right off before we, before we part company? Boris Johnson has been speaking to the BBC and he has said to them that Margaret Thatcher deserves quite a bit of credit for helping save the planet because of closing the coal mines. I'm a man of I'm a man of principle and I don't believe in violence, but if I was interviewing Boris Johnson as a trade unionist, and I am a proud trade unionist, from a from a proud trade unionist background, if that scumbag said to me that Margaret Thatcher helped the climate by closing mines, I would beat the granny out of him. It would be worth spending time in prison if that bastard said to me that Thatcher, who ruined the lives of millions of people, was responsible for saving the planet. I would beat the living granny out of Boris Johnson and then I would do the necessary time in prison. <laughs> oh, Jesus, everything is upside down, isn't it? Vaudeville, vaudeville. Uh, Patricia came back on to say to me that the Sacharit Bhakti quote was really true. Anybody who jabs the child is a murderer. You're absolutely right. Patricia, I don't doubt you. I'm sure it is true. And you, we know there is absolutely no excuse. There is no justification for jabbing a child or children with any of these jabs. So I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a doctor, but I believe Bhakti. I believe Bhakti is right. Thanks for getting back to me. Thanks to the many of you who've sent me nice messages saying have a great break. Thanks very much. I will. It's been a mental 18 months for everybody. You need a break. I need a break. You need a break from me and from the information and from the discussions about the tyranny that we're witnessing unfold in front of our eyes. You need to take a break from it. I'm going to come back in uh, two and a half weeks' time. Or the way it works out, because I obviously work Sunday till Thursday with Sunday morning melodies. So basically two weeks and three days, whatever it is. I'll be back refreshed, rejuvenated. And uh, ready to go again, I suppose. And I'll feature as many doctors and nurses as I can, challenging the narrative. And we'll have plenty of phone-ins when I come back. So do look forward to that. The phone-ins are brilliant. We'll do them more regularly when I come back. And um, yeah, we'll just get stuck right back into uh, what we do, you and me. So thanks for being with me tonight. Thanks to Jordan again. 
Uh, I mean it when I say take care of yourselves and one another. I'll miss you. I, I always do when I'm away, even though I need the break. I, I, I do miss uh, doing the show, strangely enough. But it won't be too long. Monday, August 23rd isn't that far away. It's only a short time away. We'll chat again. So, um, arrivederci, I suppose, from me. And uh, I'll see you soon. And I do love you. Bye for now.